Welcome to the Injury Law Pod, the podcast that explores and demystifies the complex world of personal injury law. Each week, Missouri personal injury attorney Eric Bartlett dives into the legal issues surrounding personal injury cases to help you understand your rights and options when seeking justice and compensation for personal injuries. So sit back, relax, and let's explore the world of personal injury law together. Welcome back to another episode of the Injury Law Pod. I am your host, Eric Bartlett, 27-year personal injury lawyer. And this is the podcast where we break down everything personal injury law related, try to make it simple, straightforward, so that if you are dealing with a personal injury claim, you find help so that insurance companies don't take advantage of you. So welcome, and today we're going to discuss an alternative dispute resolution option. So what does that mean? Well, we're gonna talk about mediation. And when I say alternative dispute resolution, basically we're talking about another way to resolve a claim, a personal injury claim. Mediations are used in all types of legal matters, but of course on this podcast, we're talking about personal injury. So mediation is something that has come along probably starting in the late 80s and then in the 1990s, it definitely became a big deal where people started entertaining the idea that instead of going through with a full-blown jury trial or having a judge hear your case, you would agree to go to a mediation and try to settle the case. So a mediation is basically an opportunity to sit down, focus in on the case at hand for a matter of time, obviously depending on the complexity of it and everything that's involved. A mediation might last a couple hours. A mediation might last over the course of several weeks, months, it could be repeated attempts at mediation. You just never know. But largely what it comes down to is if the parties are willing to continue to engage in settlement discussions, then the mediation will carry on. So what does it look like? Well, today I'm going to discuss mediation in both the work comp setting and in the what we call the third party setting so car accidents slip and falls dog bites those types of things and they are very different so we want to talk about both of them so let's start with third party mediation And what happens with those is there are people 
out in the area, whether they are retired judges, uh, longstanding lawyers, retired lawyers, whatever it may be, they hold themselves out as mediators. And what that means is they are there for hire to be the middle person in a dispute. And so what happens is they are an independent person. They have no involvement in the case. They are an independent person that the parties in the case submit the information about the case, their arguments, the evidence they like, maybe any issues that are at hand, probably should address, you know, the weaknesses of their case, but they may not, but certainly the other side will, but they get all the information to the mediator. Each party gets all the information to the mediator. And then the mediator comes to some idea on his or her own as to maybe how the claim should resolve. And at that point, the mediation occurs. And so what happens is literally everybody comes together, probably in a room together. Um, after COVID, there's a lot of mediations occurring by video and it's very possible to do. I've participated in them and you know, with zoom and other video technology, you can actually have everybody together and then you can actually break out in virtual rooms and the mediator can go back and forth. Um, but basically everybody comes together. Initially the mediator talks to everyone and again, whether or not it, it, it depends on the mediator as to how much information he wants to present to the parties. So just think about this on one side or really on, well, let's say on both sides, you have lawyers who obviously know what mediation is, have participated in mediation. They don't really need to know the ins and outs of it. And generally on the other side in these settings, you have an insurance company. And so if you have an insurance adjuster present who's there with the ability to enter into settlement discussions, well, they've probably been in mediations. So they don't really need to hear what a mediation involves. But on the other side, you have somebody that maybe has never been in this situation before, an injured person. So a mediator will usually lay out for largely the person making the claim, the injured person, what it is that they can expect out of the mediation. And they're going to talk about the fact that the mediator is there with one job, which is try to get the claim settled. And they're going to go back and forth between the parties. They're going to make the arguments of each party to the other side. So they're going to make sure each side realizes 
what they're up against if this continues to go on and it doesn't get settled. So they're going to, again, explain that, you know, at the end of the day, there are costs involved with continuing litigation. So if you can get a case settled sooner rather than later, you're, you're going to be potentially ahead by not incurring maybe thousands of dollars continuing down the road of the lawsuit, hiring experts, taking depositions, all those types of things. And so, you know, sometimes a settlement, if it's in the range of reasonableness, is a wise thing to do. Plus, they're going to talk about removing uncertainty. So when you settle your case, you remove the uncertainty that comes with a possible trial, whether it's in front of a judge or whether it's in front of a jury. You simply don't know what's going to happen when you leave it in the hands of others. You, as lawyers, we feel great about our case. We're ready to kick butt. But at the end of the day, we don't control what the ultimate conclusion is. And so when you work on settling the case, again, you're in control at that point. You've been presented with all the positives, the negatives of the case, the expenses, what those are going to look like. And then you get to make a decision on making a settlement at that time. Now, sometimes, you know, and, and this is what a mediator would tell people if, again, that, that, that mediator would tell them, you know, sometimes parties are so far apart that it, it just doesn't make sense. But at some point, you know, there's a reasonable range based on what juries have been doing with similar type cases you know, things like that, that it makes sense to call it a day. The old, right? It's better to have one in the hand than two in the bush, things like that. You know, sometimes you have to recognize when the smart money is getting the money and not continuing to gamble and, you know, potentially throwing away money that was on the table. So a mediator is going to sit everybody down, give an overview of the mediation process, tell them that, you know, when when they're in meetings with the mediator one on one, everything that we're telling the mediator is confidential unless we tell that person, tell that mediator, they can share it with the other side. The whole goal is to really encourage a free flow of information and get the case settled if that can happen so mediations are very good in that respect and a lot of cases today get settled by mediation and what happens after the initial meeting then again people do break apart so one side physically goes to another room one side goes to another room again if it's a virtual meeting then 
breakoffs occur virtually. So the mediator's job is to go back and forth between the parties and find out where they are, what the demand is for settlement from the person making the claim, what the offer is from the insurance company. Again, at the beginning of a mediation, the mediator is going to make arguments, right? Hey, this is why your demand isn't really reasonable, or this is why, you know, you need to consider moving off your demand, keeping things flowing, okay, talking to the injured person and their lawyer. On the other side, talking to the insurance company, look, you know, this is what you're facing. And, you know, I think you can expect probably an average verdict of X. So your offer is way too low. And, you know, you need to get up on the money and try to narrow this thing down. And that mediator's job is literally to go back and forth, back and forth, as long as it takes to try and hammer out a settlement. And there's a lot of issues sometimes. Again, I've talked about it in previous podcasts. There can be you know, outstanding medical bills that have to be factored in. There can be health insurance plans that want money out of a settlement. And all of these things have to be dealt with so that when we're talking about a dollar amount for a settlement, we can also talk to our client about a bottom line. Because at the end of the day, you can't really settle a case unless the client knows what they're pretty much going to walk away with if they settle. And on the other side, the insurance company needs to know that when they're paying and if this is going to settle, everything's going to be taken care of. Medical bills, health insurance plans, government insurance plans, whatever that looks like, they don't want any loose ends out there. They want everything tied up. So again, there's a lot that goes into this and that's the mediator's job is to make sure everything's addressed, everything's narrowed down and it gets to a final point of settling. So it's a really useful tool. Now, a lot of trial lawyers, myself included, you know, we worry that the jury trial system not utilized is not good. That we need cases resolved by juries because that grounds cases in reality. When you have 12 people that are independent, they have no relationship to the plaintiff, the person injured. They have no relationship to the defendant, the person that caused the problem or allegedly caused the problem, and the insurance company. They don't have any relationship to them. When they are presented with the facts and they are given the duty to decide what if anything, the injured person will get out of this. 
it's a grounding of what the value of these cases are. And I mean, this is constitutional. The right to a jury trial is constitutional. And obviously, as trial lawyers, we believe immensely in the right to a jury trial. And so, you know, people get worried that too many people are willing to just go and mediate and not push through to really put the fire to the other side. Because again, with a jury, you know, a jury can get really fired up if the facts indicate egregious behavior, something that they're not going to like, and they're really going to want to compensate the person injured. And that puts fear in insurance companies. And so that's why people still want jury trials to happen. And jury trials have to happen sometimes because sometimes people, each side just simply values the case differently to a large degree. The plaintiffs, again, the injured person, their lawyer, based on what they're seeing, thinks it's worth 10 times the amount that the insurance company is valuing it. And at that point, well, there's no settling it. it the only way it's going to result is get in front of a jury. So a mediation, again, a mediation attempt might happen, but it becomes apparent pretty quickly it's not going to get resolved. And so a mediation is ended with no settlement. One thing we've started doing, because we got tired of showing up at mediations, we have a demand on the table, no offer from the insurance company, and we get there. And, you know, after an hour, hour and a half of all the intro, the mediator coming over, talking to us, explaining the defendant's side of things, you know, whatever that looks like. We've already got the demand out. So it's really the, the, the defendant's turn to make an offer. But they usually start with the person making the claim. Then they go over and then they come back. So now, like I said, we've spent an hour, hour and a half. And we find out there's a very low offer on the table. So now we're way up here. They're way down here. And it's going to be a painful day. So what we've started doing is if mediation is thrown up as an option, we say we're happy to uh, participate in a mediation, but we want an offer on the table first. Because then we can see whether or not mediation is a realistic option. Because, you know, we have to pay the mediator, right? Usually the way it works is the parties agree to split the mediator's fee equally. Um, as you might imagine, mediators, uh, well, they don't work for free and they don't work cheap. They usually have a fairly decent hourly rate. They are retired judges. They are retired lawyers, or they are lawyers who've been practicing 30, 40 years. And so 
if they were doing their regular work, they'd be making a decent wage. So if they're going to do mediations, they're going to make a decent wage. But again, you know, when you're splitting the cost and sometimes you have multiple parties, maybe you have three or four parties and you're splitting the cost three or four ways. But anyway, you know, we want to make sure if we're sitting down at a mediation, it's going to be productive. So we don't want to waste our time. And that's one way to try to avoid that is get an offer on the table. So we've got a demand out there, get an offer on the table. Okay, let's go to mediation. So that is basically a very good overview of mediation in the third party world, car accidents, slip and falls, dog bites, dangerous conditions of a property, whatever that may look like. That's kind of how it goes. Normally a mediation occurs while or once you're in a lawsuit, but there are pre-lawsuit mediations. We do them. So sometimes an insurance company recognizes the significance of a claim and they're ready to get it out of there. I, as a matter of fact, as I record this, I have one that's uh, going to be doing just that. I have a significant injury claim. There's a significant amount of insurance available and the insurance company recognizes that they don't want a lawsuit on this one. And so it looks like they're going to be coming ready to uh, do something. So anyway, that's the third party world. Okay, let's turn to work comp because it's a lot different in work comp. In work comp, you have to do, you have to participate in the mediation before you can ask for a final hearing on the claim. And so in work comp, mediations are pretty much standard. Claims do resolve without mediations, but mediations play a huge role in getting claims resolved in the workers' compensation system. And in work comp, it's a whole different ball game. So after COVID, it, it, once upon a time before COVID, we would go down to the division. Our client would come down there. We would go back. We would meet with a judge who was acting as the mediator. So it's one of the work comp judges, not the work comp judge that's on the claim. This is a different work comp judge acting as a mediator. And essentially, the lawyers would sit down with the judge, kind of go over the claim and kind of get the judge's input on maybe a reasonable area for the claim to resolve. And, you know, if the employee's lawyer thinks that that seems like a reasonable area, then it's kind of up to hearing from the insurance company's lawyer. Is that something you think you can get done? Do you need to go talk to the insurance company? And again, maybe the employee's lawyer needs to go talk to the employee to kind of see if that sounds like a reasonable option. But anyway, there'd be this meeting with the judge. Again, client was usually, um, the employee was usually outside in the lobby kind of waiting to hear the report, get the feedback, 
and then the employee's lawyer would return again if the defendant the insurance company's lawyer needed to make a call to the insurance adjuster kind of find out where they are and then everybody come back together see if something could be done a settlement so now after covid everything kind of happens like that but it's all by telephone so essentially the judge calls the employee's lawyer they conference in the insurance company's lawyer or maybe it happens in reverse order but anyway everybody gets on the phone they discuss their side of the claim the judge usually weighs in everybody kind of gets a feel for what's reasonable what could happen and again then we talk to you know employees lawyer talks to the employee the insurance company lawyer talks to the insurance company and a settlement is attempted again if there's sticking points and whether that's you know the employee really wants future medical left open or some kind of money for future medical and the insurance company says nope we're just not going to do it we don't we just whatever whatever their reasoning is right no we're, we don't want to pay for future medical we don't want to leave future medical open which basically means the employee can come back if there's a future medical need and get the insurance company to cover future medical so if they're like no we do not want we're, we're not agreeing to that well then the only way to get it resolved is then after the mediation is concluded and it can't get resolved the mediation judge will then uh, clear it for a final hearing and then the employee's lawyer files for the final hearing and then at the final hearing evidence is presented and arguments are made and then the judge that's presiding over the actual claim will make the ruling but a mediation in work comp is a whole different ballgame than a mediation in third parties because it's usually a lot shorter, a lot quicker, a lot less formal. Again, today everything's on the phone in third parties. You're either showing up in person or you're doing it by video. So, you know, lawyers probably going to need to have a tie on, but not on the phone maybe looking wearing their car heart hanging out on the phone getting the mediation done for work comp so mediations are phenomenal tools they have uh, i mean we have personally utilized them to resolve hundreds of cases there are the majority of cases are are ripe for mediation and can get done but some cases we have not agreed to mediate we took a hard stance some cases we have mediated and walked out of the mediation basically saying insurance company's not reasonable and so we're not even going to play this game we're just going to keep pushing to the trial and you know if they want to get serious about it then they're always welcome to pony up the money 
But otherwise, we're going to have a jury tell us what and how much our client's going to get because we feel really good about our case. But again, mediations have become a huge tool in the litigation world, the work comp world of clearing out very crowded court dockets. So, you know, when we go to set a case for trial, this is third party, we are generally looking at a year to a year and a half for a jury trial. So just imagine, I mean, that's, that's the court's schedule. That's how far things have to be scheduled out. Well, so if you can get a mediation, say within six months, seems to make sense, right? You're, you're for one, you're getting a case off of a court docket because when you settle it, you dismiss it. Number two, you're getting your case settled, resolved a whole lot quicker. So that's why it makes sense. And it's the same thing in work comp. I mean, there are so many work comp claims. That's why they cannot, they could not handle every work comp claim being heard in a final hearing. And honestly, the work comp system is set up for settlement. If, if you're in a final hearing, something pretty significant is off track. I mean, there's some pretty big disagreement as to what the value of the claim is or something that somebody needs. The overall work comp system is set up for settlement. And that's why mediations are required because the system wants lawyers meeting with a judge and a judge putting some pressure on both sides to get it done. So, and by the way, mediations can be proposed by either side. You know, sometimes people wonder about, well, an insurance company wants to mediate it and that makes me nervous. Well, let me tell you this. It's totally fine for either side to suggest mediation. I will tell you, mediators are in theory independent, but sometimes you find mediators that get hired by insurance companies a lot, say mediator. And so then you have to wonder, is that mediator because they know they're getting a lot of business from that insurance company. Are they going to be putting undue pressure on me, the plaintiff's lawyer, the one that's representing the injured person? And so sometimes I lose interest in using certain mediators. If I see that pattern, because I don't, I mean, that makes no sense, right? You don't want you want a mediator that's going to put pressure on both sides. And if you start getting the feel that a mediator maybe wants to put more pressure on you to take less money, then, yep, no good. The other thing that drives me crazy, and, and I won't use mediators, there are mediators that want to milk the clock. And they just want to drag it out. And I won't use them. Here's the thing. Most cases can be resolved sooner rather than later in a shorter amount of time rather than a longer amount of time. There are complex cases that do take time. But again, I'm not interested in spending undue time with a mediator to get a case resolved. You know, that's that's not 
complex and not huge, huge money. It's just one that needs to get resolved. So those are my little caveats to mediation. But otherwise, big fan of mediation has come in handy in so many cases. And um, that's what it is. So I hope this helps because a lot of people ask about mediation or when we're telling our clients about mediation, they're like, what is that? I have no idea. Now, you know, that's mediation in a nutshell. Until next time, as always, stay safe. Please, if you enjoyed this, if you found it helpful, give me a five-star rating wherever you're listening to it. 